Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. Guess what we're going to dive into together today. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I know I say this often, but if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, <laughs> I say this because we often have some oldies but goodies, people who have been on the podcast before, which I love seeing where people are as they evolve in their path and all, or create new works or whatever it may be. But if you have been here for a while, you will absolutely remember today's guests plural. So do you remember when two friends of mine used to join me for some episodes and we called it light of day and it was my friend DeAndrea, my friend Amy and myself. That's why day, D-A-Y, our first initials, light of day. And we would meet and have conversations just about whatever was going on in our practice, um, what was coming up just in general. And I believe that we would talk a little bit about the energy of the month or what was going on just energetically at the time that we recorded. However, we have not done any episodes together since COVID. And a lot has happened since then for all three of us. Um, Very significant changes. And so I thought it would be fun to have them come back and share with you what has happened on their paths, um, what has changed, and how these changes have contributed to their own personal processes of growth and evolution. You know, a lot of times I think we forget that our practice is not just the techniques that we learn, and our practices aren't just, you know, particular traditions or these types of things there are so many experiences in life that give us opportunity really to face ourselves and to decide how we're going to grow through certain situations and the universe itself will challenge us again and again but hopefully through whatever it is that we may go through, be presented with, no matter what knocks us down or picks us up, hopefully we do recognize the opportunity to grow through it all. And so all of our stories are unique as well. And you will, I'm sure, be able to relate with what is shared in this conversation. Now, what I do want you to know is that this is a two-parter. Because, of course, you get friends together and (laughs) we could talk endlessly. But I just want you to know that the first episode, which you're about to hear, will be about an hour. And it can be a little heavy. We do explore um, the experiences of death and grief as well as some other topics, but I just wanted to let you know that this does come up um, in this conversation. So the first half of this, which you're about to listen to today, uh, really there, you know, is there's a lot of openness and vulnerability. And I do hope that you will be able to relate and, you know, hold 
this beautiful spaces of compassion and maybe even learn or be inspired or encouraged by what you hear in this conversation. Then part two of our conversation, which gets a little more lighthearted, um, you can listen to that tomorrow. So I hope that you enjoy the return of the light of day. And if you want to work with Amy or DeAndrea, you can find the links to connect with them and their work down in the show description, as well as how to follow them on social media. So I thank you for being here. Enjoy the conversation and I will see you on the other side. don't even want to say welcome to Reiki Radio. I want to say welcome to the light of day. <laughs> um, I just want to say for everyone who has listened to the podcast for a while, these faces will be so familiar to you. It has been a long time since we have come together on here. Just as a side note, we have remained friends through the years, but welcome the beautiful light of day, DeAndrea, Amy, and myself. And our last conversation on the podcast was April 2020, right at the height or the start, actually, of the pandemic. So, baby loves, let's talk about what's been going on. You have such a great nighttime DJ. All right, loves. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was just like looking at you go. I'm like, you fucking go, girl. I would be the next quiet storm. (laughs) Do it. Well, welcome to the quiet storm. Um, Oh my God, perfect. Yeah, but you know, it's so funny. Really, truly, people who have listened to the podcast for a while, every now and again, I'll get messages asking, are we ever going to do a light of day again? How are DeAndre and Amy doing? What's been going on? Do you guys still speak? Are you still friends? So that's why I want to make it clear, like, yes. There has been no break in our chains. We have <laughs> remained consistent over the years. I just want to give a little background, though, first, if you guys can start with this, with people who may be new to the show and didn't catch those episodes yet, but you can listen in the archive. Um, if you could share a little bit about just our connection, like from your point of view, how we all met and the work that brought us together. Hmm. Well, Yolanda and I met way back when, and like, I guess it was 2012 we met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. I don't know. Um, we met through Reiki. That was our big connection was through Reiki. We were learning together, and that's how we started rolling. And then a few years later... Um, I met DeAndrea through Yolanda and they have an interesting connection as well because they go way back and then connected and then DeAndrea and I's first meeting was love at first sight and we had some good laughs (laughs) and we knew we were gonna be um besties uh so it it was at that that little cafe in North Park yeah, in Golden met, Hills. Um, yeah, we met to like practice tarot cards. Yeah. Remember? Oh my goodness. We took intuitive mastery together. And did we? we took, yeah. Yeah. That's why you she guys met. 
No, no, no. We met because of you. Yeah, no, you guys met because you were in the class. Mastery. We were practicing. That's why you, yeah, that's why you met to read cards together. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. I totally forgot that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I. Oh, my goodness. Remember? Totally and then you came that. over. I was in Coronado at Andrews at the time. And you, we all came over. Or no, you and I came over and did the Akashic Records. Remember that? That's when you were in the apartment. You hadn't yes. moved into the into the house or the other one yep. yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's such like a like it's a totally different lifetime ago. Oh, it was a different version of ourselves. Totally different. Remind me to come back to that because a lot of people who listen, one, a lot of people would love to make connections and build friendships within the community, so they have people to practice with. But I want to come back to like where we were then and what we mm -hmm. were all doing and then what has changed over time. But what mm -hmm. about you, Dee? What comes up for you when you think about how we all got to um, <clears throat> Well, for me and you, we just had mutual associates and I knew of you and, but you and I had, only past each other we had never had a conversation yeah. and so when it, you had your one-on-one -on -one that you used to come with your um, courses that you did um, I remember like going over your house and this was the first time we had met in person like yeah. in person met and um, I just like I remember going in in your house and like seeing this picture and it was like of your great grandmother or your grandmother. And she looked like my great grandmother. And then <laughs> like, no, it was the creepiest, weirdest thing. And then like, all of a sudden it's like, um, so like thick in there. I just remember like, whew, like I needed to like sit down and I, it was just like one of those, like the, the parallel it was just a very, it was just a very. Convergence of souls meeting. Well, you know, I had a premonition or like this vision the other day, more of a vision premonition, but of like, um, you know, like you meet people and you stay in people's lives and there's a lock and key mechanism to where one person may be the lock, one person may be the key, and then what is opened up, like, opens up something for, you know what I mean? Like, just mm -hmm. that kind of, boom, and you may not need to open another door for a long time, yeah. but there is a locking key somewhere, some type of connection that is opening, introducing, allowing you to experience, like, something else is about to happen. Yeah, you just reminded anyway, me, I don't it know what seems like a good one for that leg of the conversation would be um Craig remember I felt like he was like the brother <laughs> to the group um yeah those were some fun times so I just want everyone to know like when we all started we were all doing energy work intuitive work um Amy branched off and got really deep into crystals and sound healing yeah uh DeAndre went off and did yoga teacher training and then you went deep into really coming into relationship with your work in ways that were very specific and unique to you. I think that's like the best way to say it. And um, 
your intuition was popping. But <laughs> over the years, like a lot has gone on since we last got together and spoke in this way. Um, so just want to talk about that for a bit, because we've all had some interesting life transitions that have happened. Um, very significant. I think Amy's all was probably all at the same time. And Amy really kicked it off with her calling in her husband. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the world when that was. So could you talk a little bit about both of you? Like <laughs> from, I would say right before we all kind of dispersed across the country, I'm saying. I want to yeah. say one thing. Amy, you should go first for sure. And also when Yolanda says that Amy called in her husband, I want it to be known that Amy called in her man's. Okay. I mean, like literally verbatim <laughs> down to the, <laughs> down to the Zodiac sign. Like she called him in. I just want Wait, that. To be you know what? I do want her to go first. Cause I feel like that was really like one of the most, um, obvious shifts that started to happen within our trio but absolutely you know what happened before that our coven night the medicine mm -hmm. bag that I'm holding up oh my god so I want to talk a little bit about that because the reason I want to is so people really let themselves um connect with the experience of working with your people you know what I mean our practice doesn't have to just be only by ourselves you know there's something really interesting when you meet people who you feel drawn to but then going deeper in that and sharing in your work and your growth and your practice together so what do you remember from that experience which is one of many I would say mm -hmm. but it was like I one of the last it was so I it's so vital, especially I think I'm recognizing as we get older, how important it is to have your tribe. Yeah. Because it, it's not going to be like your family. It's going to be people that are your family on the other side. We're all coming together, but it's how we grow. It's how we support each other. It's how we experiment. It's it's so much. And I loved, loved learning with you, Yolanda, like, and, and going to your classes, this is how we connected, how D and I connected, and then grew that in that connection. And I just remember, you know, sitting in the master Reiki class with Craig and, and D and we we're just listening to stories and it was so much fun. And then we escalated from there and and just grew in what we were doing and sharing it with each other. And, you know, with the medicine bag, that was a time that we came together where we had a very intimate ceremony. It was a ceremony where we were invoking a lot of things into our space that were each personal to our individual path and what we were going through and bringing in the elements and crystals and really creating something sacred with that medicine bag, which helped us in our lives with, you know, what all the other stuff we had going on. I mean, I loved it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I have to say with what you said, just so no one's confused. Like, yes, we met through classes, like you both took intuitive mastery and Reiki classes with me, but that quickly, I mean, all of that dissolved and there wasn't like a teacher-student relationship. Like oh, we yeah. really- all connected and then we grew in our practice together so just mm -hmm. to 
I just want to make sure people understand and aren't confused. Oh, by yeah. There is definitely yeah, 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 yeah. Like it that fell quick. Yeah. What mm-hmm. about you, D? I want to say this too to what Amy said about um we also did a burning ceremony where shit that we wanted to release, like we wrote down, like we held hands, like it was it's the support that happens in those kinds of um gatherings. And it's also the respect that happens because you will know that whether you're in this community or even with your friends or even with your family, that everyone brings their thing to the table. We're not all coming to the table with cornbread. So somebody got it. 222. Um, so <laughs> somebody has to supply something else to, to, to create a good meal, right? Like yeah. there's like difference, like, and when we were all doing healing on each other, everybody's energy was different. Like it was, I think that there's some reverence that happens when you come together with people and just um, respect their magic. Yeah. And I think oftentimes in this community, we can always be trying to have what somebody else has in some kind of way. And it really takes you out of frame of realizing like where where your shot is right like your own your own inherent power yeah well you said that it of when there's just so many flashes coming in mind of all the different times we've gotten together and do things but that night was really really magical and especially with um I'm just thinking of like how we brought together representation of all of the elements it was so intentional that night was just so intentional but even thinking about the time when you guys came over and we did a crystal grid of the entire room. And like what DeAndrea mentioned earlier, the energy in that apartment was so thick anyway. And that was just like, I don't even know what we're doing, but it is, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I always saw us almost as like the different elements, you know, because we do, do we, we all ever have... know what we're doing. No, we you know always I mean? just like, like we go never know. With, no. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. it. Like, it's there was no book we pulled out and followed somebody else's thing to a T. It was just like let's let's create what we wanted to do. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, creating your own magic is a thing. Right? Hundred percent. Your words, your intention, your movement, your energy, your thought, like everything, and and you created it. Well, that was the thing. Pull some grimoire. right and recite well that's that night so we just like you mentioned we wrote down our intentions we were very clear of what we wanted to release and what we wanted to call in and then it seems like was it the day after I don't know (laughs) but Amy ended up having a very interesting experience that um I mean that it literally was a whirlwind so what happened for you in calling in your love can I just back up and ask you, this is not like a friend question. This is like a podcaster question because a lot of people um, are working through relationship energy and like calling in their one and all of this, this and that. I'm curious about what it is that you felt you wanted back then. And did it end up being what you actually experienced or did you, you know what I mean? Because on the surface, yes, she called in the exact, (laughs) 
I mean, it's like she wrote the script for him. But then what happened and how did that support your like healing, I guess, relationship energy or your ideas around it? You're on mute, babe. Hello? You're on mute. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm on mute. Okay. I wonder if I could. Oh, can you, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now I figured out how I can see you both. Um, I don't remember the time frame of all of that happening, but working on relationships is something that I think a lot of people do and want to call in a partner. And it was something that, as you both know, I had been working on for a really long time. And now I understand, <laughs> you know, being on your own and being in your own space has an incredible amount of benefits. And I was searching for something outside of myself to have companionship, to feel loved in a different way that I had not experienced love before. And so when all of that happened, it was definitely a whirlwind. It was a chance meeting and then a follow-up almost maybe eight or nine months later. And then the relationship happened and it was like a meeting of someone that I instantly felt familiar with and that I recognized. And then we quickly got married and then COVID happened. And then all these things started happening and, and we ended up making a choice to relocate because we couldn't stay in California anymore. I couldn't have my practice. He couldn't do what he's doing. So we went to Miami, which was culture shock in and of itself on top of being newly married and then we moved into full disclosure onto a yacht and that was a whole new experience living on the water versus living on the earth and as you both know I'm a Virgo and I love my my forestry my grass my earth so that was an interesting experience and then nine months later his teenage son moved in (laughs) So it was, I'd have to say the last, since our meeting in 2020, last three years has been an incredible amount of growth. It's been an incredible amount of self-realization about what was I really looking for and what is being presented. It is me continuing to work on myself, realizing that what we look for, even if it's in another person, we have to find inside of ourselves because that other person isn't going to give it to us. It We have to figure it out ourselves. And I feel like I'm being so introspective right now because I'm reading the book of mastery and oh my God. That's my favorite one. My- I just got the new book today in the mail. Oh my God. Yeah. So I just turned 44 and I just feel like I'm going through it right now through every aspect of it. Um, looking at the relationships I do hold in my life, what are they mirroring towards me and what am I trying to work on? Um, there's just been a lot of growth, expansion. Um, John has been incredibly supportive of the work that I do, this energy healing work, because, you know, in 2019 is when I left corporate and started to do, and I wasn't even ready that I mean, you both knew I I was showing up, but I was not ready at all. And now I am fully here, ready and growing in it. 
So it's been nice to have that support system of someone in your family that is like, yes, keep doing what you're doing. So it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. I want to say it's like this up and down these waves. And so there's high points and low points and high points and low points. You know, it's funny about what you just said. Do you remember D how she had anchors everywhere? I think you might have like an anchor tattoo, but you would always have all these symbols of anchors everywhere. And it just reminded me of like that anchor is probably like your sigil. I mean, just the fact that you ended up moving onto a yacht and living on the water for some time like that, you know, (laughs) like goodness, I would be very aware of like, what do I have around me and what might that call into my life? Also, just a little side note, the book of mastery. No, the book of knowing and worth is the one I love that when you're reading creates shifts and I always tell people don't even touch that book unless you're willing for your whole world to like shake to bring you into the alignment so have fun with that oh it is shaking and moving (laughs) (laughs) how about you d um god so much has changed for you too and listening to her now about to listen to you I'm like wow a lot so could you tell everyone um yeah just what your path has been in the last few years? Um, you know, a lot. Um, so right after Amy left, so Amy, when did you get married? What month uh, was that? February. February, thank you. So February 2020, right? Yeah. Yep. Choo choo. So, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember there was a planetary alignment that day. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, "Oh, she's getting married on a good planetary day." Um. Anyway, COVID controversial trigger warning here. Um, COVID was a very good time for me. It was this um, very quiet, very, um, I figured out a lot. I figured out a lot with working and how I wanted to schedule and how much time I wanted to give to myself and how much time I wanted to dedicate to working with other people. Um, I remember I cut down my schedule like I was working 11 to two or something like that. And I remembered like giving myself those mornings and um, my husband was in the Navy. And so they were only going into work three days a week and, you know, they closed down the schools. And so we were just home like together and it was a very quiet. And I know that there was a lot going on outside, but once April hit, we had we had early in the year, Kobe Bryant dying. We had the COVID sicknesses happening. And then we had other things politically charged going on in the world. And I remembered that, you know, um, we're sitting there and um, just at the drop of a hat crying. I remember I'm stirring China masala on the stove and like, I'm just crying, right? And I'm looking, I'm like, I look at my husband and I'm like, you know, like, why am I crying? You know, and I'm like, oh my God, it's not mine. You know what I mean? 
everything that I'm feeling didn't belong to me. It wasn't mine. And I remember it was April 17th. I said, okay, I'm going to do two weeks with no social media. And I cut off social media for two weeks. And when I tell you I felt so good, like I felt so much better, so much lighter, so much freer. And um, Yolanda knows, I always say, like, I hate the big E word, um, being an empath. And I'm, I'm giving that disclaimer because I would prefer to call myself an extrasensory person. And when I tell you I realized how extrasensory I was in that moment, and not even to where I, I am today, but in that moment, I realized, oh, my goodness, no matter how much you work on yourself and how good your practices are and blah, 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 you know, all these like spiritually charged bypassing activities that we do. It's like this little pebble that's constantly hitting this glass and eventually a crack sets in and eventually all the noise and all the fluids and everything else starts to seep into you. And I think I had gotten to that point. And so I remember no social media and I went back in two weeks and I was like, I don't even want to. And then it ended up being two years that I was like off of social media. And December of 2020, I remember sitting and, oh, sorry. Also during that time when I got off of social media, I really got into my tarot cards, right? Like I really got into working with my cards just for myself. And end of November, early December, um, 2020, I had this uh, premonition that um, it was of my father-in-law and he was standing in this large grassy open field and like the sun was so bright and then you know he's kind of like luxuriating in it and then the sun just went black and all of a sudden I'm stressed I'm like oh my goodness I think my father-in-law is about to die like I need to say something to you know Josh so you know he can be like whatever so I call my mother-in-law after two weeks of stressing out about it I call my mother-in-law and she knows that I see things and so I told her and I said, like, it feels like the end of January, early February. And she was like, well, he is going to be really busy. We're um, moving out to the lake house. He has double knee replacement surgery on this day. And he has Josh's pinning. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, like, just make sure he's taking care of himself. And like, you know, like, I'm, I'm telling her all these things. And um. Then my husband has, like, in the Navy, when you make chief, they have these ceremonies and, like, these kind of rituals that they all do together. And they go camp in the woods or on the beach or wherever, and they burn their white hats and, you know, say goodbye to who they were as, you know, a junior sailor. And they spend the night there, and you don't get to see them until the next morning. And... um you know, I'll never forget that day, like that night when he left to go to camp and just, you know, how quiet things were. Like, just like in that moment, like just the, it was just really 
quiet, like we hugged for a very long time. And I remember sitting on the arm of the couch and him standing in front of me and me just hugging him like this and him just hugging me and us not speaking a word to each other. And then even the day before that happened, him standing in front of this table and him asking me like, what, um, what's my biggest flaw? He asked me and, you know, I told him what his biggest flaw was. And he was like, you know, like, okay, I can see that. And then he's, he knows I'm a glutton for punishment. So I'm like, what's mine? Tell me mine. <laughs> and, and he says, and he says this in a way that, um, I hear it all the time. He said, follow through. And he said it just how I just said it. Follow through. Not as if he was telling me that my problem is follow through, but as he was telling me to follow through, telling me to do it, do the thing, you know? And, you know, um, that night he left and I go to bed and I just remember how eerily quiet it was. I go to bed and when I wake up, I have 26 missed calls and all these text messages and, and all these voicemails. And so I call my mother-in-law back because one of them was from her. And she says, um, they just rushed Josh to the hospital. He collapsed. And I remember like getting up and like sitting on the side of the bed. And then like walking back and forth, like my mind could not figure out how to make the next move. And so I just had to call my cousin and tell him and, and he came to get me because I couldn't get my mind together. And, you know, we get there to the hospital and, um, You know, my husband died and it was just one of those moments where, I, you know, to spare the super long story, I'll leave some of the little fine details and make it juicy out. Um, but I just remember coming out after the doctor told me, um, and I screamed so loud. It was just one loud scream, just one loud scream. Like I just had all this, huh? And I can be a very like reserved, keep the stuff in type person. And I just like, I remember and I just slid down this pole and I don't think I spoke very much after that for a while. And there was no sleeping. Oh. <gasps> Oh my God, I just thought about, you know how I told you I kept seeing 444, 444 just here recently? That's the time I would wake up every single day, like after Josh died, it would be 444 every time I wake up in the middle, in the middle of the morning. Anyway, vision just popped in my head. Um, and so I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. And I took my last client, or I went to his pinning ceremony. I took my last client. I 
realized that um, I needed to be my own client for a while, that I needed to give myself what I was giving to other people for so long. Like I, I needed that. And um, you think that you know what time means because you can look at a calendar. Well, let me tell you, time, like um, in your internal world, it makes you think of how they say, oh, a day on Jupiter is 100 and seconds. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what the death process feels like. It feels like you don't know when the next day comes until you allow yourself to come back to life, until you recreate who you are, where you are, what you want to do and where you choose to be. And there, you know, people would be like, it's not a new book. It's just a new chapter. No, it ain't no new chapter. This book is done. This is a whole brand new book. And let me tell you, the hardest thing to write about your story is the first sentence. And so you sit in this liminal space between um, looking at who you were, what you had created, who you built, what structures and foundations like you were walking upon for this length of time. And you realize that you have been with someone, merged with someone, because I don't care what anyone says, when you become in divine union with the person, it is not two separate people. Yes, you have some of you, but what happens is there is a mergence that happens no matter how strong-minded you feel that you are, you are saying a vow that to become one. And let me tell you what happens to become one. That's what happens. And so when he died and I lost what this amalgamation of the both of us, that means I had to go too. And I had to realize who she was, what I wanted to take to this new place, if I wanted to take anything to this new place. And take that stuff and allow her to go bye-bye. Let the tower fall, let the shit burn up, let that go. And even in making that decision, you're studying, you're studying like that. That's like that liminal space, you know, that looking back and like figuring out like, oh my goodness, I can't be her anymore. Low key don't even want to be her no more. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's just, there's, there is, um, cause I don't want to take up the whole hour and I can, um, it's the three of swords. We could do a two part episode. Don't you worry. <laughs> Keep going. It's like, um, three of swords. You know, I think about that card so much. I pulled that card during time so often. And when you, you think about the three of swords, the only thing people think about is these daggers entering the heart. Let me tell you something. If I stab you, it's going to hurt. It hurts when it enters and it hurts when it comes out. And nobody thinks about how much fucking pain you are in when you are removing said daggers from thy heart. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, oh, it goes in and then there's the pain. Why do you think you're watching like ER or something and they have to deal with the removal of a stab wound with so much care? It's not just as soon as it goes in, you pull it out. No, where did this go in at? How do I address this this situation, this area of life before I take this dagger out so I know how to heal it? It's not just in, out. It doesn't like in, in, 
in in the movement and the growth of life. Like the healing doesn't even begin until you take it out. All of them, mentally, physically, spiritually, three daggers. We cover in the whole trio. You know what I mean? And each one went in and each one pierced this area of your existence, of your experience, of who you are, what it is like you are supposed to be doing in the world. And you have to assess, hmm, how do I put this back together to where it's stronger than it was before it got pierced? And that is a process. You are not healing in a year. And a year feels like a year for you. But I'm going to tell you, because I had this happen, don't call your friend and say, are you getting back out there? It's a stupid thing to say. Even if you feel like it was a long time for you, even if you feel like a year is a long time, for someone dealing with grief, with separation, with death, that is not a long time. Okay? It's not a long time. And if someone says that they are healed, there are things that they did not address. And my moon's in Virgo, I'm very thorough. Um, so it was, um, it has been one of um, the most, it will be the biggest story of my, one of the biggest stories of my life. Am I going to talk for 45 minutes, Yolanda? No, I, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, um, being your friend, I'm trying not to cry, to be quite honest. Um, just remembering the phone call from you that day, like, um, even the, you know, when you, and I'm sure Amy can, like, you know, understand as well, when someone you love so much is going through something like that, and you don't know what to do. And there's really nothing you can do. And at that point, we were gone. Like Amy was gone to Florida. I had already left for Maryland. And um, you eventually left San Diego as well, which was also very strange that we all left San Diego back to back. Um, very interesting. But yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, I don't, I really, I can't even describe it. And I would pause too long to even try to describe. But I remember thinking like how incredible it was. Like I couldn't believe that you were still able to function at any capacity. You know, like that was the thing I, I just, and it's like walking on eggshells with, you know, people you love because you, you want to be there for them, but then also you don't, you really just don't know how. I think the good thing with you that I really can appreciate about you just in general as a person, you were very honest about this is what I need. Right now, this is what I'm going through. Right now, I'm taking a time out or right now I'm like, you were always very vocal along the way. And I say that because even though it may be a hard thing, that can be very helpful when any of us are going through things um, to be transparent, even if it's very hard to do. But you did that very well. 
So I feel like, you know, the people around you really didn't have to guess. You know, um, I think about, and, and for anybody listening, I think about going through something um, to this extent. And I think about there has to be a reason, right? You know what I mean? Like there, there ha- I'm, I'm like, I'm one of those people and it's like potentially a, a gift and a curse that I am not going to lose. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like the Jamaican bobsled team up. <laughs> we will, <laughs> we will walk this bobsled through this finish line, and we will come back. And um, I refused to be defeated by it, and I cried a lot, and I produced a lot of snot. Okay, like it was a lot. <laughs> of crying and I remember being terrified when everybody who came out to support me was going to leave because then it was going to be me and my reality and I knew that all the people I have spoken to that have dealt with things and I tell them like give them whatever guidance is channeled to give them I have to be the one listening to that and, you know, I called Yolanda, this was like, uh, maybe a week and a week before or the week of, um, I said, oh my goodness, I just had a Kundalini rising. And because I was, I was meditating, I got this guidance to, um, pull cards and meditate every single day and journal it. And that's what I did. I put, this is before I lost my, before Josh died. And, um, I'm just sitting and oh my goodness, like my whole seat catches on fire. And I'm like, okay. And I hear like my, hearing my guys, it's like, you sit, sit in it, just sit in it. Right. And so I remember calling Yolanda and I'm like, oh my God, have you ever blah, blah, blah. And when I told her, like, after, like, it was a little bit after Josh died and we were talking, she was like, and it's just so funny. You had that Kundalini rising right before, you know, I, I, I'm telling that because I feel like sometimes we get these signs we are about to be thrown in the fire. Poignant. And I'm sitting here like, oh, my seat was on. Like, it was my burn up. Like, the phoenix had his tail caught. You know what I mean? It was like, it was the beginning of this um, death. You know, like it was, it was the beginning of that. But I worked on myself. I pulled cards. I, 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 I went away. You know what I mean? When they, when they show you like the little hermit with this little lamp, little lampy lamp about to go in the cave. I went in the cave. Yeah. I went in the cave, you know. Yeah, you did. It's interesting. I'm and I'm gonna come loop back around to it. Um, the healing process, very specifically, I think, in this time of 
2020 and till now because they're I'm sure like everyone probably has tissues listening right now but I'm sure it's bringing up a lot for everyone too because there was so much grief became um so loud for like collectively from 2020 on forward but I want to talk to you both about like obviously like the things that have come up but what your process has been and even allowing it to work out over time because I think one of the biggest mistakes and I think it's just a cultural too and the expectations on us that we're supposed to heal fast or sometimes it's because we just don't want to feel whatever we're feeling so we try to mask or run away from and I think there is so much that has erupted for so many people over these last few years that still still hasn't been addressed or even if it has it may have only been very surface level so I want to talk to you about it um and yeah so like with that I'll back up to in this time that we've been apart as well it is interesting that we all left San Diego so just to give like a clearer timeline for everyone um Amy met her husband and it was quick (laughs) she got married fast and she left us and she went to Florida. And I remember I, you could already feel the shift and like our little dynamic just by her physically leaving. And then um, everything happened right before COVID. Um, one of my friends passed away and it was the first time losing a friend. And I still, I don't think I've grieved any of them. But anyway, so COVID went on. I left, I went to Maryland, I spent time with my family, but the reason I went there is because someone else very close to me and my family was murdered. So I went there for that and I was supposed to stay for two weeks, ended up staying for over a year. And then I came back to California for a moment and then someone that my ex was dying of cancer, went to visit them in Texas, and then they passed away. And I went back again, back to the East Coast. And now by then, DeAndrea just happened to be in Virginia. So I'm in Maryland. She's in Virginia. Amy's in Florida. But we still, you know, everything's going on in the world. She was still healing and unpacking in every sense of the word. You know what I mean? So it was very just like, um, it was very that was a hard time because I I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't know how to process. I was surrounded by people who were grieving the person that I went there for, for the funeral. Then on top of them around my family, which also was like odd in of itself. So I had to hold a lot in and couldn't process. And honestly, I mean, the people around me who I probably would have reached out to like DeAndrea was going through something humongous as well. So there just was nowhere to go. So I think um, a lot of people encountered that during these last few years where a lot of people may have had different types of eruptions, whether it was losing a job, losing loved ones, losing their sense of self, but then not feeling like who can I reach out to when everyone around me is all so either feeling like they're losing their mind or going through some kind of loss or da-da-da-da-da. 
So I think in these last few years, it's been interesting that a lot has come up to come out, but I don't know that we've all really fully dealt with it, even knew how, and like, we're kind of, we're still sitting in it, you know, it's a very interesting thing. So with that, I'm just curious, I'm coming back to you, Amy, for a second, because I mean, aside from leaving California and everything that seemed so normal to you in terms of you were very like stable, good job and lived on land and very independent and all of those things. And now you're married and living on a yacht and out of San Diego and Florida, everything kind of turned upside down. And then shortly after that, all of this eruption happened too. So just curious, like what has that healing process been like for you? And not just the healing and like what you did or what you realized, but how did you accept like the changes that were happening or or is there anywhere where you still have been working through resistance? What has this process been like for you? Definitely a lot of resistance. I think for someone being in their own space for so long, learning how to get along with others, learning how to cohabitate, <laughs> um, being selfless in that way. It was definitely the downside of, the wave for a couple years in that space in Miami. It was a very challenging time. It was a period of a lot of growth and wondering why things were happening yeah. the way they were happening. And honestly, it, the shifting didn't even occur until the end of like 2022 when I decided I've had enough of feeling like shit mm. and I was sad and I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a community. I didn't have friends to talk to you down there. Like it was hard. It was a dark space. It was a dark space for me, not knowing how to deal with the things that were going on around me in a constructive manner. Cause now there's other people to deal with and they don't know how to deal with me. I don't know how to deal with them. Um, so it really, the evolution of that, and of course, feeling the whole collective of what was going on with COVID. I mean, when you talk about, you know, Dia talked about this wasn't my feelings I was feeling. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that being an empath and feeling all the feels, I was feeling a lot of things going on around me, not even realizing it wasn't my own. So that took some time to figure out as well. And I had to go and seek um, Reiki, go and seek an energy healer that had a couple of different modalities they did. I went in for this session and quite honestly, her not knowing me, but acknowledging how she knew how I felt was somehow freeing in a way, just to be acknowledged that well, you're really going through shit right now. Okay, here's some things that you can go and do. I needed I I needed someone to tell me yeah. it's time to make a switch. It's time to go do something different. And it was that turning point after that session that I began to look for community. And then a couple months later, I ended up um, working with a local spiritual center where I was able to just start practicing Reiki again. 
just start doing that, getting out of my own headspace, which was the number one problem I had. Being a Virgo and an introvert, everything is analytical. And I couldn't be sharing my thoughts with the people around me because most of my thoughts are about them. Like I couldn't, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like there was just this really hard thing of like, you keep everything in and then your body starts to physically feel it. And you're just always in this funk and you're just like, oh, how do I get out of this? And it's something I still struggle with to this day. And I think we all do because we're human. Yeah. Um, but it was it was definitely, I guess, um, a more challenging time to move away from everything you know, move away from everything that you thought you were and start becoming and evolving into something different. That's intense. Yeah, but you, I'm like, these are some intense stories. <laughs> you, <laughs> it is good. You decided to just say, forget it and like just start. Like, how, what happened? Like, how did that even, you know what I mean? Cause that, the I, hardest part is to start to be like, here, I'm, I'm here. Come see me. You know, that's the hardest part. It was very hard. I think because I was so sick of feeling the way I was feeling, that was my crescendo. That was my body and my mind. And I kept praying and asking, like, what can I do to feel better? What can I do to feel better? So that for me was it. So it was a process because then you got to when you start showing up for me. And this was part of my process. When you start showing up for other people that's what helped me get out of my funk. When I went out of my constant groundhog day and started to do something different, even though it was really challenging um, and just putting myself out there and just saying, fuck it, I, I need to go do something different. Like, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. And the only person, the only thing that can do anything about it is yourself. And you have to make a choice inside of you to go and do something different. So I went and sought out a spiritual community and it slowly started putting me back into feeling lighter. It gave me more purpose to go out and to do something, to do something for myself and, um, and to share. And, and that community, community actually pushed me out of my own comfort zones because then they wanted me to teach. And I'm like, I'm not teaching like what but I was like sure sure and so I just jumped in and did it and it, I was scared shitless and it was challenging and difficult but it gave me something to focus on and it gave me something to focus on other than myself and other than feeling the crappy way that I was feeling so then that's how it sort of broke me open and then fast forward we traveled all last summer and then ended up in central Florida. And it was this beautiful space at the Grand Oaks Resort, which honestly has called me here. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, and it's just been this process of listening and being guided. Yeah. And I want to make sure we come back to about the retreats and things that you're doing which obviously we'll get to at the end of this. This is obviously going to be a two episode because we're already almost at an hour. But I think something so interesting with listening to what helped you is 
really the emphasis on how our healing looks different. Everybody's process is different. And so I hope that people really hear and understand that so that you don't think you're supposed to do something in a very particular way. It's okay if your healing process looks different or what calls you looks different or like what comes up for you may even be different because it's funny enough. And I probably, probably people who know me would be surprised by this, but it was very opposite for me. I resented that I was holding space for everyone around me, meaning my family when I was there because I was hurting. You know what I mean? And no one was asking me like, hey, what's going on with you? Or how are you? Or blah, blah, blah. But because I'm known to them as the one who like, I will listen to everyone and I'm not going to be in judgment and I'm not going to blah, 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 blah. Right. So we just take on certain roles within our lives. And because I was showing up in the work that I do, which actually that did help me a lot um, because it wasn't as personal. But to be surrounded by people so close and, you know, having to hold space when, and listen, I take accountability for that too. I didn't say, hey, I need space help for me too. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I put it on them. Like they just didn't show up for me. I didn't say anything. So Mm -hmm. I ended up having a lot of resentment of like. I just need to get the F away from everyone right now. So even though I was there with my family, I ended up renting an apartment. DeAndre knows I ended up renting an apartment in Virginia just so that I could have space where I could hermit and be away from everyone and everything because it was the only thing I could do to not feel like I was constantly holding space when really I needed something else. And I didn't know what that else was, but I needed to not be doing that. That's what I needed to not do that. Yeah. So it, it's interesting that um, our healing looks very different for everyone. So I'm going to just like take a fake pause right here. This will be the end of episode one because we're at the hour and join us for part two of this conversation because we have a lot more to unpack. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> All right, beautiful alchemist, that is part one of our conversation. So I hope that, again, you enjoyed it. It was relatable or inspiring, just anything at all. At the very least, I thank you so much for being here. And if you would love to connect with DeAndrea or Amy, the ways to connect with them are down in the show description. If you want to connect with me, of course, (laughs) you can. Um, connect with me at theenergeticalchemist.com or follow me at Reiki Radio on Instagram. And there is a part two. There is more that was discussed. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, it does get a little more heart lighthearted in part two. So I hope that you will tune in for that. And I thank you so much for being here. Remember to always journey in love. <laughs>